Hey everyone, you're listening to Pistons and Prosecco, a podcast dedicated to showcasing awesome wedding vendors and providing a behind the scenes look at the wedding industry. I'm your host, Bryce Bjornsson, owner of Jack's 47 Mobile Bar. We create a better experience for your guests by serving delicious drinks on draft with style. Today we have Emma and Esther who own Verbena Cakes and Catering together. Um, both Cakes and Catering yes. and Emma and <laughs> Esther. Thanks for so much for being on the podcast, y'all. Um, I, my first question to a lot of guests is what your favorite drink is at the moment. So if y'all want to share that, that'd be a good way to just kick everything off. Yeah. Always important, yes. especially in the wedding seasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, do you want to start with yours? Or? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, well, my drinking fluctuates by season and, uh, currently I'm in a transitional drinking season. And I have switched on to a Lagavulin 16-year on the rocks. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely Esther's favorite drink when it's transitioning into fall. It's always, I know, I can just smell fall coming because you smell scotch around the house. <laughs> yeah, once the bottles pop, it's, it's fall. <laughs> yep, it's scotch all the time. Yeah. And then sometimes it's like, just, too, it's too much fun. It's too much fun. It's like a little Ron Burgundy in nature. And <laughs> 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 I'm like, Emma... Do you use big rocks or do you use just whatever's in the ice spin or what do you, what's your problem? Uh, well, it depends on how um, unlazy, I guess, I'm feeling. I do have both sphere molds and large cube molds and those mm -hmm. are good for eight drinks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then it takes a couple of days for those to get refilled. So yeah. <laughs> there is a yeah. gap where regular ice must be used. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love those little molds. I have um, some of the square ones in my freezer right now, and yeah, this adds like awesome. a nice, elegant touch to the whatever. Yeah, you it feels so fancy when you have yeah. a big cube in there. Yeah, and then yeah. you're like, oh look, the ice is still good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you pour another one. <laughs> just, yeah, don't waste the ice, right? Don't waste it. I spent time making that ice. That I'm took like it. four days to freeze. <laughs> yeah. No ice waste. Instead of no food waste, yeah. no ice. Waste. No ice wasted. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I think my favorite drink is a bourbon at all seasons. I am such a bourbon girl that I like it on the rocks. I love it with ginger ale, yeah, diet ginger really ale. The ginger ale yeah, recently. the bubbles are nice to have a little bubble with it. Um, but yeah, pretty much anything bourbon related, I'm in. <laughs> you might like Thank our you. signature cocktail. We do a bourbon cider smash, so it's... Ooh. Parts bourbon and fresh cider, and mm. you know Hendersonville or Henderson County is a big apple producing county, so you mm -hmm. know, good fresh cider, and then a little bit of maple syrup and a little bit of lemon juice to kind of cut through all that sweetness. Yeah, and it tastes like fall, but it's not. But it's it's almost too easy to drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Those yeah. slippery slope drinks, as yeah. I like to call them. Yeah, yeah. that sounds awesome. You're like this, yum, you know? Yeah, Ooh. I'll take that. <laughs> Yeah, in the summertime, I like to do, we call this our redneck cocktail. It's a Coors Light, so nothing <laughs> fancy, <laughs> and a shot of Honey Jack in it. Inside. Oh. Inside of the beer. In, yeah. Okay. In the beer. Yep, you pour the Honey Jack first, and then you top it off with the Coors Light. That's my oh, mom's okay. original. Yeah. <laughs> Your mom's <laughs> eating the best. Yeah. Are you going to hand it we, down? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably. We definitely. were very judgy at first, but. Um, yeah, I was like, ooh, mom. You're yeah. Putting good, like, you're putting my bourbon into a Coors Light, which, I mean, I love Coors Light, but not together. 
And yeah. she's like, yeah, it's great. It's awesome. You should try it. And I was like, no, I'm good. I don't need to try that. And then I actually she, think it makes the honey jack more drinkable. Yeah. She, <laughs> it's I, just yeah. so sweet. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think a light beer cutting a, a sweeter, you know, liquor or... Yeah, any kind of mixer. Yeah, it was great though. It is now my official summer go-to. <laughs> it's the official official drink of the game of Domino's. Yes. Unrelated to the pizza company. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Unrelated to the pizza company. Yeah, we play the a lot of Domino's. Play? Yeah, we play a lot of Domino's in our household, and that tends to be our. That's an Emma's family favorite, and I'm new to Domino's, but I am currently the reigning champ. Of the Hobbs household is a big, big point of contention. <laughs> I love it. So I, I have a quick question. I tried to play dominoes a few times mm -hmm. uh, with a friend once, and I feel like we were always tying. And I, I was like, I don't yeah. think that's how it's supposed to go. Is no. that? Yeah, that's no. supposed to be. There's supposed to be a winner, right? Oh yeah, there's always a very solid winner. Sometimes it takes people. a while, but yeah. there's always a winner. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's like the Hunger Games. And sometimes you lose each round with like 400 points. And that's fine. That's normally <laughs> Emma's dad. He normally has to use the calculator to count how many like points he still has. Yeah. Because like, you know, the game is to have the fewest points possible. Oh, um, it's one of those. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fewest points wins. Always yeah. a calculator. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Um, well, yeah. You'll have to teach me how to play dominoes someday because I am obviously yes. clueless. We can have Honey Jack and Coors Light and we can play dominoes. Oh we can teach God. you the ways. <laughs> That's great. Um, well, Emma and Esther, I always want to know how people get started. You know, um, I got started in a kind of a funny way and it's just great to hear the story behind the beginnings of your business. So your business name is cakes and catering did one of those come first uh, or did they start together at the same time and if so how and why did that happen yeah so we actually um we used to work together at the biltmore and that's where esther and i met um and after our time at the biltmore we decided that we wanted to start a catering company we both have these culinary backgrounds and we thought, you know, we didn't want to work in a restaurant anymore or for somebody else. And we were kind of like, okay, what can we do that we can do for ourselves that's not opening a restaurant right now? Because um, neither one of us were ready to do that quite yet. And so we decided to start a catering business. And so Esther has the beautiful culinary brain behind all of our menus and everything. <laughs> and I have the pastry brain. And so it just made sense to do catering and cakes um, since we had both of those pieces. Well, and also, I feel like that provided an ease for potential clients, I guess, yeah. if we're really looking back at the beginnings and we're still looking forward towards this potential company. It really mm -hmm. gave us an opportunity to provide more and make ourselves more appealing for somebody who's planning, especially here in Asheville, a destination wedding, because mm -hmm. they can get not only cocktail hour through us, catering through us, cakes and desserts through us, but we also do staffing. We can do bartending. Mm -hmm. and we, so, do, we do rentals now. We have a ton of rentals that we do. So we tried to, we wanted to be kind of a one-stop shop for couples to just make it super easy. They come to us. They're like, okay, 
I'm getting married. And we're like, okay, great. We've got your cocktail hour. We've got your dinner. You know, we've got your desserts. We've got everything. You just show up and we will take care of the rest. There's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of moving pieces in any wedding. There's a lot of vendors, a lot of people to coordinate and getting married. It's nice to have just a little bit less, of, you yeah. know, just a little bit less of that. Yeah, so that's kind of how we started with both of those. And with adding the rentals and the bar staff and all of that, we've actually been transitioning away from cakes and catering into Verbena events. Um, so that's kind of where, we're, where our future is going into Verbena events instead of cakes and catering. But we're still doing all of the cakes and desserts and all of the catering and yeah. And would you consider yourselves part of the like, are you the planners slash coordinators then if you're handling all these different or do you normally work with a planner or coordinator? Well, I certainly am not the planner. That is, <laughs> that is yeah. Emma's shines so brightly in this <laughs> arena. Yeah, <laughs> so Esther, brightly. Esther normally doesn't talk to the clients until about the <laughs> tasting phase. Okay. Um, and then sometimes I have to warn them that Esther's coming because they'll be like, who is this? And I'm like, oh, this is, your, this is your chef. This is the one who made all this awesome food for you. Not me. Definitely not me. Yeah. Um, but I, I was, we like to work with planners generally. Um, it's a little bit easier, though, with a planner because I can be like, hey, I'll be here at this time. Hey, I'm taking care of the place settings. Hey, I'm doing this and that and that. But we certainly do have couples that don't have planners. And then I kind of end up being their planner. Um, you know, like I'll help them do the timeline and I'll help them coordinate their vendors and kind of day of I become the the contact for everybody and <laughs> I let her give them my number and, you know, so it just makes it a little bit easier for them as well for those that don't that haven't actually contracted an outside uh, planner or anything. Yeah. And as we know, there is there are so many moving pieces. So having someone to handle all that is, is just so mm -hmm. um, yeah. it's crucial. Mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> so let's let's uh, step back a little bit. So you met at the Biltmore. Mm -hmm. Working at the Billmore together. And so y'all yes. are y'all are a married couple now. Is that right? Yes. Yep. We've been married for two years now. Almost. Almost two years. Almost so yeah, two October years. will be two years. We were those crazy wedding vendors who got married the in, busiest weekend in October. <laughs> yeah, October 20th. We had oh weddings before our wedding. The weekend before, we had multiple weddings. Yeah. And actually, two days after our wedding, we had we had a big event. We had a really big event for like 300 people, and we also <laughs> catered our own wedding with, and rehearsal dinner. Yeah, which no I would not recommend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you up on your wedding day. Well, kind of. Yeah. I well, Emma did some cake decorating while uh, my hair and makeup was getting done. Yeah, Esther was in hair and makeup, and I was out the door to the kitchen to finish decorating all all of our wedding cakes because you know I figured. She made like 20 of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We had a big dessert bar. But all the food was ready the day of, and we had a couple of our more senior staff members yeah. volunteered to take over for us. And uh, they got everything hot into the venue and 
mm-hmm. made it happen. But I, even with that, would still not recommend catering your yeah. own wedding. We still ended up ordering pizza at the end of the evening. We we're like, yeah, we're so hungry. We should we should get pizza. We should have just done this to start with. <laughs> we had I like I loved our wedding food. I'm yeah. originally from Chicago, so it was very important for me to have Chicago style hot dogs and Italian beef with spicy jardinere. And Emma's from Georgia, so it was very important for her to have fried chicken. And biscuits and a mashed potato, and a mashed potato, bar. potato bar. It was like all the food we tell our clients not to do because nothing went together. It was like, <laughs> here's some hot dogs, here's some mashed potatoes. It was like a bunch of drunk kids were hanging out and decided to meet. <laughs> and then our late night snack, we literally took our microwave from our house, dirty still. I didn't <laughs> even clean it. I didn't have time. There was so much. And we put it out with a stack of frozen White Castles with a sign that said, microwave your own White Castle. I was so proud of it. So proud. <laughs> the pictures were hilarious. Pictures are great. <laughs> this is they, reminded me of the, like, the mechanic that drives a busted old, you know, Kia. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Like, everyone that, like, you know, finds out we did our own wedding, they're like, oh, did you have this, like, gourmet meal? And I'm like, no, we had had hot dogs, mashed potatoes, and frozen White Castles. And Domino's. (laughs) And Domino's, because we ordered pizza. (laughs) Wow. Um, Well, that's great. Y'all are hardcore then, going, doing... Doing weddings, then doing your own. That's, uh, we'll go with hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> I had previously been using the term a little dumb. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but we'll go with hardcore. So you've been together for almost two years, and the business is how old? Is it about two or three years as well? or uh, We're going into our fourth year. Yeah, we're on year four of the business here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, still, yeah, it's here for. Wow. <laughs> so that just kind of hit me. <laughs> time is such a weird thing, isn't it? <laughs> How's such that working as a, as a couple? I know that some people say it's, I mean, it kind of either makes or breaks you, right? Like you yeah. either become closer and you learn how to work together and, you know, the relationship intensifies or you realize, oh, shoot. I don't know if I, <laughs> I don't know if this was the right thing. Yeah, we're either uh, I made a big mistake. geniuses <laughs> or we're very dumb. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's one of those two. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's taught us to communicate better. And it um, still remains our biggest challenge, I would say, in both the marriage and the business. Mm-hmm. And it does create extra work for us, sure. Mm-hmm. But like you said, in a lot of ways that strengthens the relationship, we've known for a long time that we are each other's best teammate, and uh, which is, you know, mm-hmm. why we got married. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, but we really have found so far, I'll knock on some wood here, so far we've been able to really tackle all of the challenges that have come our way. Some have been easier to tackle than others, certainly, mm-hmm. but we've been able to do everything as long as we do it together. So we have to take extra steps every day to make sure that we're on the same team Mm -hmm. and it's not me versus her, but it's us versus the problem. And I think that we, we really strive to do that. And And we've done a good job at it. And it definitely was not always, the beginning was a little rough. Um, But sometimes we're still not great at it. It's definitely not a perfect practice. Yeah. But we've, We've learned and it's honestly, it's made our company better. I think that how we work together and we get really creative when we work together and throwing new ideas out and yeah. 
definitely made our company stronger. Well, I like the idea that you presented, Esther, which is instead of thinking that each other's the problem, put the problem out as almost a third party entity <laughs> and mm -hmm. work together to tackle that. You know, that's a good way. And for me, I'm very, you know, I feel like visual and that's, that's how I would see it. And that yeah. makes sense, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. Relationships I mean, for us, that's the only, it's the only way. Yeah. Because, you know, on the, on the work front, if we're not doing well marriage wise, the work suffers, you know, like, especially in food, food is such a personal thing. Whether it's sweet or savory, you can taste love. You can mm -hmm. taste anger. anger. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's, it's such a personal thing. And you, if the marriage is suffering, the, the quality of work on the uh, food side suffers. And similarly, if work is going poorly, our, our home life is not going wonderfully. <laughs> and so it's always a good indication to each other of where we're at. You know, just by eating the food and we're like hmm was there a little resentment in the <laughs> was that a little resentment i tasted is there something we needed to talk about here yeah. <laughs> too salty and then you know that <laughs> yeah exactly yeah we're like angrily throwing spices in like, i'm so mad at you but i love you but <laughs> like i hate cinnamon and things and emma's like oh take some spite cinnamon <laughs> that's hilarious i love it I'm like oh try this peach cobbler there's all the cinnamon <laughs> oh no great well you get it seems like you're a good compliment because you're both not in the same kitchen you're in the pastry kitchen or the culinary kitchen. Uh, I think yeah. those are good compliments, right? Because it's baking versus cooking, which mm -hmm. are two different skill sets, two different almost mindsets, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. When when we were at the Biltmore, we so we both had our own sets of staff, and I would not let my staff watch Esther do anything. Because I pastry. do bake. She bakes. She's an amazing baker. I do bake. Actually, like a very talented <laughs> Yeah. pastry chef. Esther's just a talented chef in general. Um, but I would never let my staff watch Esther bake anything because like she would make a, a cheesecake and would just throw all of this stuff in a mixer. She'd be like, yeah, here's some, here's some cream cheese and here's some heavy cream. Oh, we'll just do a little salt and like measure nothing. And then she would set it with gelatin. <laughs> Set it with gelatin. No bake. <laughs> it was a no bake. Oh my gosh. I'm like face palming right now. But like, I wouldn't let my staff watch it because they would come back and they'd be like, well, Esther makes it this way. Why do we have to measure everything? And then she does a no bake. And why do we have to sit and bake it? So Esther's never allowed to, Interesting. to bake uh, in front of my staff. <laughs> for the record, I still don't measure anything. <laughs> she doesn't. She still doesn't. She's over there making cupcakes. And she's like, how much baking powder? And it doesn't matter. I'll just throw some in. <laughs> I'm the same way. I hate measuring. I'm like, just let's get it done. So yeah, I'm a better cook than I'm a baker, obviously. Yeah, and my brain is very like, okay, we need exactly two cups of this. We need exactly a half a cup of that. And it took a while when Esther started having me help on the savory side. And she'd be like, Emma, stop measuring. You don't measure the amount of salt that goes in. You do it by taste. And I was like, but the recipe says one teaspoon of salt. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, I always, I think it, there was a big realization for me in regards to like cooking and measuring because you see three different sugars and you're like, oh, they're, they're actually different types of sugar. Like they're different mm -hmm. thickness and different weights and same with salt. You know, you could have really tiny little particles or big old flakes. So I, oh, I yeah. get it now. I get why, yeah, why the measuring thing can be tough um, mm -hmm. because you'll, you'll put in a quarter tablespoon or a tablespoon of 
kosher salt when it calls for table salt and it's a whole different. Yep. I mean, I honestly, I still find a strange hilarity in it because she still gets so frustrated. Like I'll just make something and she'll eat it and she'll be like, did you measure this? (laughs) No. And then she just like, kind of like is angry for a minute or two because like I didn't measure it and it still tasted good. And she had no, it's so frustrating. It's a strange hilarity. (laughs) So I'm over there taking my time and making sure everything's perfect and it tastes wonderful. And then Esther swoops in and she's like, butter, 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 bing, perfect. Every well, time. I don't know about perfect. <laughs> I'd say perfect. Uh-huh. But. <laughs> well, tell me about, you know, your, let's, let's talk about the business side a little bit. Um, you mentioned that you're moving towards somewhat of a full service event company almost. Mm-hmm. Is your ideal client someone that appreciates that and that's what they're looking for is the kind of as you say one-stop shop or who would you say your ideal client is out of all the folks getting married here in Asheville? Honestly we have a lot of ideal clients um you know we do a, a lot of different types of weddings we do you know from the fully plated wedding where we do everything for you like we were talking about everything you know before our kind of one-stop shop but we also do you know the do-it-yourself weddings um or the lower budget or the higher budget like we're kind of we're still we do a little bit of everything still and i think really our ideal client is just someone who's very communicative like someone who from the beginning is like hey this is our budget you know or this is what we're looking for or hey these are our idea um our ideas for our wedding day you know can you help me with this and someone who's very communicative through the whole process you know like we might send over a menu And we want someone to be really honest about it and be like, okay, I like this. I don't like that. I like this. I like that. Can we completely change all of this? Um, It just, it helps us and it makes, it makes our lives a little bit easier. It makes like the process flow more naturally. I'd say what we really pride ourselves in is uniqueness for each event. I like to try as much as possible. Some, some couples are not really interested in a unique menu. Some people really just want, you know, meat and potato, the crowd pleasers for the largest group of people possible. Which is awesome. Which is awesome. I'm certainly Mm -hmm. not knocking that. But a lot of times it's really fun to like take maybe the couple's first date sometimes can be really memorable for them and take the food that they ate from that first date and kind of process that and kind of put it into their wedding meal somehow. And just opportunities at the wedding itself for conversation around the table, just opportunities for more memories to be created And so from the get-go, if a client or a potential client is more communicative uh, about budget or dietary restrictions or just likes and dislikes, I can help create a better menu faster. And we could get to that ultimate goal faster with, with a more tailored, you know, more intricate, personalized to you kind of experience. And that's really, I think, that's a, top tier for us. Yeah, there. that's our biggest thing. You know, if we have someone who communicates with us, the process just goes so smoothly and so quickly and it's just so enjoyable. And then also somebody who texts. Yes. <laughs> I love clients who text me. It's so easy for me because, you know, we're constantly running around. We might be at an event or we might be in the kitchen or, you know, I'm not always at my computer. 
um, cause it's, I'm the one who does the emails, you know, so I'm the one that you're talking to, but I'm also the crazy one running around doing 8 million other things. So I love when clients text me, you know, cause I can immediately be like, yes, love it. Yeah. I'll send that over tonight or no, we're not putting peach napkins with the vintage mismatch set. No, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like yeah. stuff like that. That's funny. Cause I'm the opposite. I'm like, email me everything. I'm like, don't. <laughs> yeah, because I have it in my contract. I say my preferred method of co uh, mm -hmm. contact is email because I use a business line app on my phone. Mm -hmm. so I can't search that, that I have to go in and scroll through. It's not like, it's not part of my phone messages. It's a separate app. Yeah. So I say everyone email me because then I can go through and search, you know, so it's just funny yeah. how we all have our different ways of, of doing things. Do you have it in your contract that you prefer text? No, that's just normally the first thing I say, like, um, like our first initial conversation where they're just like inquiring about us. I'm like, if you need anything, please text me, send me a text, you know, like immediately getting that out there. It's just, when well, oftentimes Emma's covered in just things, yeah. like <laughs> buttermilk and flour and butter, making biscuits, like just covered like Head a goo toe. monster. Like I swear, like my hair product is buttercream. You know, like when my hair looks really good, it's normally because there's a base of buttercream in there. there. That's your secret. <laughs> but it's just, it's always, an email is much harder to like tell Siri what to say. You know, like you can tell Siri a quick text, like, oh, yep, I saw your email, I'll get back to you, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Whereas the email, yeah. a little bit more challenging. Yeah. So. Totally. Yeah. No, to, yeah, everyone, everyone has their preferred method for sure. When a client wants to work with you, what does that process look like? Are you, do you immediately say, come by for a tasting, or do you talk about a whole bunch of stuff before the tasting happens? How does, how does that look like when you're working with someone new? Yeah, so we do a lot of work before the tasting. Um, our tastings typically are once we already have an established menu. Um, so we get a client that comes to us, they'll either talk to me on the phone or via email. Um, and normally if they call, I always say, send me an email. Um, Cause like we talked about earlier, I'm, you know, constantly running around and it's just nicer to have something solid that I can be like, oh, okay, this is this person. They were looking for this many people, this date, this kind of menu. Um, and so then we'll start talking email wise, you know, kind of communicating, I'll ask them kind of like a questionnaire about their menu. You know, we ask, are there things that they like that they don't like? Um, what are they looking for? Like, do they want appetizers? Do they want station? Do they want past? Are they interested in the grazing table? Um, are they looking at stations, buffet, family style, plated? Um, and if they don't know, I have a standard menu that I lob out to everybody and see what they hit on back. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, we've got, you know, just some general custom menus that we that are a really good starting point for a lot of people who don't have an idea of what they want their food to be like. Um, whereas other people, they're like, I know for a first course, I want this particular salad. A second course, I want this plated appetizer. You know, we have those as well. But so then we kind of narrow down the menu and we get that into a proposal. Um, and at that point, I send them over a very detailed proposal where it lays out literally where every single one of their pennies are going. You know, they can see exactly what they're spending on this and that. Um, and then at that point, then we schedule a tasting. Um, it just makes it a little bit easier for us as well. So we're not making like six different proteins and 12 different sides and 24 cake flavors. 
which you know can just be a lot and, and i think also having that time with the client before the yeah. tasting is very helpful for me because mm -hmm. oftentimes you can kind of get a sense for the style of food mm. that the client would enjoy I tend to eat things with a lot of salt. This is after 20 years of professional cooking, I have a very high salt tolerance. And so I have to be reminded all the time, not just oftentimes, but all the time that I need to bring that down for the tasting. Unless like Emma's like, oh, these are foodies, you know, foodies, mm -hmm. you can reasonably assume have eaten at a lot of restaurants and have a higher salt yeah. tolerance. It helps us get a better feel for who our clients are and what they like and don't like. And so it's just, that's nice too, to do beforehand before we just jump into a tasting very blindly. And yeah. it's like, Hey, I actually know nothing about them. I don't know what they like, what they don't like, what their preferences are. Um, so yeah, so we do that. And then after a tasting, we normally kind of get a contract together and then, and then we go to day of, and then that's where Esther's glory zone is. She's more like a air traffic controller in the kitchen. You know, she's like, no, you're here, you're there, you're there. And then I'm out front kind of trying to coordinate all of that. And, like, I don't know if you, have you ever seen, there was like a show on the Discovery Channel about like crazy custom fish tanks. Did you ever see this show? Uh, I think I saw an ad for it. Yeah. An like, ad for it? Like a hundred feet long. Yeah, yeah. Pounds. The show is called like Tank, it's like Tank or something. something. I mean, it, and it's it, it's what it, it I just described there. Yeah. It's crazy custom fish tanks, and I like to use this show as an example a lot because Emma has this vision and this ability to just like see a finished product in her head, a finished design concept in her head, and just make moves to get people to go towards that. And so she spends the time with the clients conceptualizing and, and you know, proposing these cool ideas for oh, design yeah. and things like this. And then I get the contract. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, how do you want me to do this? She's like, you promised them what? So then how it's, am I going to put yeah. this four tiered thing together? And what did you do, Emma? <laughs> so she keeps me on my toes. Um, but that's definitely Emma's. Uh, envision envisions everything and I make it happen mm -hmm. and so we definitely are two arms of the same body <laughs> and but different arms for sure <laughs> yeah. well that's what's you know I, I love that you guys complement each other in that way I and mean, that seems like just such a fun way to go about work and yeah go about a it's not worse. Well, <laughs> yeah I like that um, I'm still looking for my other arm <laughs> <laughs> Because, I mean, even in business, I, I actually had to hire a part-time assistant because I saw in myself so many weaknesses around organization um, and follow through that I was like, I just mm -hmm. need someone to be here to keep me in check, you know? So she works about yeah. 10 hours a week and she's good with systems and she's good with, you know, organization and, and just moving things along. So um well, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> That's very well, exciting. You struck gold. <laughs> she's engaged. She's just an assistant. Um, <laughs> but no, she'll, she'll, she'll be great for, yeah, helping out. And I, I just think it's so common in almost any industry as a solopreneur or, you know, just solo business owner to kind of, it's hard to get out of your own way, you know? So the fact that y'all two mm -hmm. can work off each other and complement each other is, uh, I think, help not only helpful but a testament to your relationship as well. 
Yeah, it's um, pretty cool. Yeah. We definitely have come up with some really just fun and awesome menus because of it. Um, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Two heads are better than one. Yeah, <laughs> always. Yeah, <laughs> always. We, we talked a little bit about this, just kind of. Um, I mean, you are two different people, so you do have challenges, you know, just getting on the same page, I, I assume. Uh, but what other challenges do you have in the, in the wedding industry or in the business? Um, I would say specifically to food, we are not even a majority of the time in Asheville proper. <laughs> We are more often than not at least a 30-minute drive outside of mm -hmm. where our kitchen lies, pretty much right by the Biltmore. Yeah. And then most of the time, it's, it's an, at least an hour. I would say we're commonly like 45 minutes yeah, to an hour. Yeah, 45 minutes to an hour away. So we are... Which direction? I'm all, all directions. directions. <laughs> I mean, like up the mountain, out towards Silva, out towards Tennessee, we have some Georgia. We like Rutherford 10 this year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah we, go in, we go in all of the directions. We do charge for travel, I will say that, at, after a, a certain, amount, a certain of amount of time outside of, in the car outside of Asheville, but we are having to heat food early in the day, transport it hot, keep it hot for however long, of the time because we want to get there before the ceremony starts because yes. <laughs> no venue i guess you can say in no venue is there enough space for their the caterer to be unloading all their stuff while people are trying to get married you know and so we get there sometimes maybe three o'clock and cocktail hour starts at like six and then dinner isn't until seven thirty, and so i've had the food hot now for four and a half hours <laughs> Actually, that's a bad example. I would make it hot at the venue on that one. But yeah. so that's where the challenge is, right? Is making sure that the food is at a quality that we're striving for. Because I know, sorry, Brooklyn is snoring in the background. <laughs> <laughs> um, it used to be at a wedding. I mean, I've, my oldest sister got married 10 years ago. And I remember not remembering her food. And this at a wedding, even as recent as 10 years ago, meant that the food at the wedding was good. No one remembered it. Mm. And so now what we're striving for is for people to remember the food because it was excellent, not because it was terrible. And so we're going for a different quality. We don't, I don't cook the chicken all of the mm. way at the kitchen, no. for example. When we, when we leave the kitchen, that chicken is pink. Like you will get sick if you eat the chicken before we leave the kitchen. But because we're traveling and the food is having to stay hot, so it stays in the serve safe temperature. And uh, then once we get there, we're still keeping it hot. You put it on the buffet if it's on a buffet and, you know, it's still cooking in the chafers. By the time the guests are actually cutting into that chicken, it's perfect. It has just been cooked and it's still very moist and tender and it's not a dry over cooked piece of chicken which is just the worst thing to eat ever because you're chewing for like 20 minutes and then you finally give up and you're like I can't chew anymore might as well swallow and start chewing another piece you know so and that's why chicken is often overcooked at weddings because the yeah. kicker is not taking their time to understand the uh the logistics right I mean mm -hmm. they could say all right yeah. like a, a mediocre to poor caterer would just cook the chicken fully and then reheat it at the event, right? Yeah, so then and then you're dealing with 
dry chicken. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that, by that point, it's been cooked so many times. It's just so overdone, and it's just tough. And so we've kind of, like, that's definitely been a challenge. We're like, okay, how do we leave the kitchen with one type of food and present the food, the same food that they had at the tasting, you know, when we're driving an hour away. And, you know, I think over the years, we've gotten really good at it. We've learned different tips and tricks and, you know, there's always room to learn and grow more. Um, But I would say that that's probably our biggest, Mm -hmm. biggest challenge and something that we've had to really overcome and be like, okay, I want to leave, I want to serve this steak medium. How do I have to do this at the kitchen and leave with that so that I can serve this medium steak and have it perfect every time? Tina, you just nailed on the you you just hit the nail on the head for why <laughs> catering is a unique skill set as opposed to cooking. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, because it's I mean, not just cooking. Like, a, yeah, cooking's a lot of it, yeah. but there's so much more to it. It's, it's a very different beast. Actually, I had not. I had done catering. Yeah, we'll start over. Before I moved to Asheville, my catering experience had been minimal. I worked at a private club in New York for a long time, and we had an a la carte restaurant that also had a a catering banquet-y kind of function for the members. And we just did everything simultaneously off of the same booths, the same cooks preparing basically the same food. So when I moved to Asheville and I started working at the Biltmore, and I was only doing banquets and catering at the Biltmore. That was the first time I had exclusively focused on it. And it was an entirely different kitchen experience for me. There's a more relaxed feel in the, in the time leading up to the event. And then the day of the event, regardless of how well prepared you are, that day is long and that day is somewhat chaotic. <laughs> because mm-hmm. there's just moving pieces there's hot food there's cold things there's equipment there's servers there's that you're people. trying to get you know at a certain place we you know a lot of times we'll have all of our equipment goes first and so that goes to the kitchen before we even get there and so I'm coordinating with our servers and our bartenders and our kitchen staff that's already there you know hey I need you to unpack the truck I need you to put this here this here hey guys I need you to go ahead and set all the tables because that's something that we do we'll set all of your tables for you um so I'm you know in Asheville coordinating somebody setting up a table you know an hours away or an hour away from us um <laughs> it's an all dog alert <laughs> yeah that, you're right there are a lot of moving pieces and what for some reason just this popped into my head uh, all venues are different with their kitchen slash refrigeration mm-hmm. slash cooking slash parking and logistics i mean i've had weddings where I'm like, where do I even park the trailer for my truck? You know, like, where do I, yeah, it's, it's not as easy. They aren't, they aren't all the same. So coming from a caterer's perspective, have you, are there some venues where you're like, yes, I'm so glad they booked, we booked at that venue because of their setup. And if so, what does that setup look like that makes you (laughs) honestly four walls and a floor with a sink with the sink <laughs> it's wonderful because there are so many venues that we've been to where we don't even have a space you know we're out behind the barn in the yard with a bucket with of soapy water to wash our hands in <laughs> because there's no running water there's no kitchen there's no anything which is fine you know we've we've learned to adapt with that you know we bring 
lots of chafers and sterno fuel to help keep things warm. It's like one of those pop-up tents. Yeah, to cover. <laughs> We've got like a tarp that we put down for a floor. We bring buckets with soapy water, like Esther was saying. Oh, wow. um, you know, we've definitely ad adapted to it. So whenever there's a room for us that has a table and a sink in it, we get pretty excited. And then when there's a hot box, oh my gosh, it's like Christmas day. <laughs> a hot box is pretty fantastic. Yeah. That's like, I think a common misconception. A lot of times clients will contact us and be reluctant to bring up the setting for the caterers at their venue, not really recognizing that we've worked with literally nothing. We've worked mm -hmm. in cow fields where mm -hmm. they've had to remove the cows and their lovely patties yes. that morning <laughs> so the event could still take place without the lovely aroma. Yeah, <laughs> like we've, we've honestly worked everywhere. And so nothing is a surprise to us anymore. Like we just, as long as we know ahead of time what we're getting into, we're perfectly fine. Like as long as we know we need to bring water with us, that's fine. You know, as long as we know we need to bring our tent, that's fine. If we need to bring nothing, that's glorious. And, you know, but I just like to be able to wash my hands. Yeah. <laughs> Ew, trust me. I, yeah. Cause when we're pouring, you know, beer, getting everything set up, doing cocktails, mm -hmm. get the sticky hands. But I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm like I, have to, I have to figure this out. But have you been to yesterday spaces? Have you worked there? We, that's not we haven't. We I haven't. always get it confused with, um, well, pretty place, pretty place. And oh. Wolf Laurel, um, and then the no, the Wolf Laurel place. Oh, Memory Mountain. Memory Mountain. That's the one. I always get those who confuse. We have a wedding at Yesterday Space actually coming up, but we haven't worked there yet. Yeah, yeah we have one too. It'll be our first as well in the fall, I, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, ours is in the fall. Might be the same way. Speaking <laughs> of fall, I was at Starbucks this morning. Real quick tangent. The pumpkin spice is officially out at Starbucks. I don't know why you're rejoicing. It is not the end. Uh, summer is not over. <laughs> Emma, Emma's, are you a big fall? Do you love fall? Is that your season? Oh, my gosh. I love fall. <laughs> like, I, I will start decorating for fall the second I can. And I will start drinking everything pumpkin. And I will be wearing... I will be wearing my boots and my flannel and sweaters and everything, even when it's still hot outside. I mean, I'll be like sweating to death and I'm like, no, it's fall. I will wear this. <laughs> I will drink all of the hot pumpkin things. <laughs> and I lived in Hawaii for a really long time. So I could live in the summer all of the time. And I would be, I would prefer that. Not even be happy. I would prefer that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I grew up in California where it was, Northern California, mostly where it was a uh, pretty temperate, you know, the whole, the whole year. But mm -hmm. I, my dad lived in LA and that was too hot and humid for me. So <laughs> yeah, I'm like, see, I'm I'm, from... yeah. my skin does oh. best in the Mediterranean. So <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. See, I'm from Georgia. So I do very, very well with all of the heat and all of the humidity and the stickiness. And like, I like go home to Georgia and all of my sinuses clear up with the humidity. I'm like, yes, I can breathe. It's really? hot and sticky. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very much, but I also, we have great seasons there. So like the second it turns to the fall, it's, oh, it's perfect. Well, it's the biggest it. wedding season here in North Carolina, or at least in Western North Carolina is, is fall. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know about y'all, but I have probably still 12 to 15 weddings for October. Yeah. Nuts. Our October. We have a couple of weekends that are a little 
Yeah, I have a light. Fall time. I, do have a, <laughs> I think the 23rd is still yeah. like, rescheduled twice. So that mm-hmm. might be empty right now, which is surprising because the 1010 is like, was yeah. people booked. So it's just a, but yeah, we've, we've had a lot of reschedules. Um, but typically it's yeah. the biggest month for couples to get married here. And it's so funny because I just got an inquiry yesterday um, for an October wedding. Oh, and this will be published in October, but we're recording this yeah. in <laughs> September. Um, yeah. I got an inquiry for an October 10th wedding yesterday. So people are uh, doing some laughs. We are booking for this Friday and don't have a contract yet. That was who she was on the phone with at 9.30 last mm-hmm. night. Well, it's, we're getting crazy last um, minute requests this, this season. Yeah, like our fall was previously completely booked. You know, yeah. like we weren't able to take on anything else. But with all of the rescheduling, mm-hmm. our October opened up completely. Like we've got one original wedding in October. Oh, wow. And then we've like, I want to say last week and this week, our October has filled up. Like all of our weekends are full. We've got one day left in October where we could do anything right now. And yeah. it's just, it's crazy. Everything's very last minute now. Cause I think people are like, okay, we can do this kind of elopement. Mm. Let's go ahead. Let's, you know, let's finish, finalize it. Let's find a caterer. You know, it's only a couple of weeks out. Well, we can do this. And <laughs> it's only a couple of days out. Let's yeah. do this. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is, it's been kind of fun. I like the, it's been nice to put all the menus <laughs> together really quickly. Yeah. Esther's having a heart attack. I'm like thriving. I'm like, we've got, you know, three weddings, you know, in two days. We can do this, guys. It's, you know, we just booked them yesterday, but we can do this. <laughs> and I was at the, I was at the kitchen yesterday, just like blanket bread making. I made just like huge batches of focaccia and brioche just to have it. <laughs> in case I book more things last minute. I see. I see. Because yeah, I know, it, know. it is a crazy, yeah, it's a crazy season. And I mean, mm-hmm. next year is going to be even more nuts because the people who you know, I've, I rescheduled so many weddings, probably 20 to 30 weddings, right? Into next year. And then the people mm-hmm. who are getting, we're going to get married in 2021 20, originally are still trying to plan their wedding. So I already have, mm-hmm. I know, five weddings for May 22nd. Like that's already yeah. five. Yeah. You know? So it's going to be really interesting to see how that goes. And mm-hmm. um, my yeah. July has been really light the past uh, few years. So I anticipate maybe some people saying, oh, we can only get married in July. Yeah. <laughs> it was almost like off limits and for, for at least my clients, you know, people who are coming to me. So mm-hmm. really curious to see how next year transpires given all the reschedules yeah. and lack of availability because it's not like new wedding vendors are just popping up. Some of them are shutting down, right? Yeah. I mean, they, they had such mm-hmm. a bad year, they just shut down. So um yeah. anyway it'll be really interesting to see and then 2022 is when the dust will settle see who the true yeah <laughs> that should go back to normal booking schedule well, I'll be like, too. i think i'm okay <laughs> I'll make it. It yeah, I, I talked about burnout with one of the with one of the wedding vendors on here and how you know like, like i just said all i'm over not overbooked for that day but that's that 20 may 22nd is fully booked well that's a lot to deal with in one day and if i have a lot of those next year Mm-hmm. If I wasn't as resilient as I think I am, yeah. I might I might burn out next year. You know, I mean, if as I said, I, mm-hmm. I I'll make it, but um, that could be really tough for a lot of folks. Yeah, I mean, we've definitely had those weekends where, you know, you get through it and you're like, what just happened? I know we got through that and everything was perfect, but what just happened? And also, I'm gonna go sleep for a week. <laughs> I mean, we've had weekends where I literally don't leave the kitchen 
And then they, people come to the kitchen in the morning and I'm still cooking and I let them take over and I go home, I take a shower, I change and I go straight, but you know, and then I sleep in the car on the way to the venue. <laughs> there was one weekend last fall where I thought Esther had actually died, <laughs> like actually died. Like my parents drove up from Georgia to help us. Like all of our parents were helping us. We were so busy this weekend. Like we had all of our chefs were on duty, all of our cooks, all of our servers, all of our parents, like <laughs> Esther's dad was calling from Chicago, you know, like, are you alive? Are you okay? All right, good. But Esther had been, she took the overnight shift at the kitchen and had, she had a Red Bull before she left. And I knew she took a Red Bull with her. And so I slept on the sofa for a couple hours and my mom came in and she woke me up about five, four or five in the morning. And she was like, Emma, Esther's not home. Esther's not home. Did, did she didn't come home. And I was like, what do you mean she didn't come home? She was supposed to, you know, do the overnight shift and then come home for a couple hours. I was sleep. making frittatas. And so we like, <laughs> like I was still in my PJs and I drove to the kitchen. My mom drove me to the kitchen because I was freaking out and calling Esther. And we were like searching in the windows and because it was a key thing, fob, and Esther had the fob so we couldn't get in. And I was like, oh my God, she's dead on the kitchen floor. I don't see her. She's dead. Esther's dead. <laughs> and then like, we were like knocking at the windows and I, and I hadn't slept in like four days so that looks like a yeah. triceratops <laughs> and I gave her a heart attack and you could just see her like jump out of her skin when she finally saw us but wow. like there's definitely there's a couple weekends like that but you know we get through it and, and then there's January and we can take month-long vacations yeah and that's what we, you know we just get to those spots where we can relax and it's all worth it once we get through it but it's just yeah. some sometimes in the fall it's fun fun <laughs> It gets really fun. Can be fun, open to interpretation. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I just booked a November 22nd wedding, but there's the wedding MBA out in Vegas that it'll be the second time I'm going to it. Yeah. Like a wedding conference, mm -hmm. and I think I'll get back on like I'll fly back in on like Friday night, and then the wedding is the next day. <laughs> oh gosh. And it's like a, it's an yeah. hour drive, you know, with hauling yeah. the truck. So mm -hmm. yeah, there's those okay, days. So Weekends, you're going to be having fun too. <laughs> but that's why we have the winter, right? I mean, like, yeah. I don't have any events. I don't know about y'all, but you might have some. I don't have any from, at least in Asheville, from December to March. I think it's just that four-month block is just yeah. dead. So that'll be um, my, We're uh, usually still pretty busy in December. Yeah, yeah you do holiday stuff. And, holidays yeah. Yeah. And, and then we had been not really doing anything in January and February previously, um, but we did open that cafe in January of this year, yeah. which is now closed, but... <laughs> something to fill your time with, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's okay. yeah, if it's still, if it's still closed, we'll just go uh, to Europe for a month again. <laughs> if they let us. If they let us in. <laughs> well, there's certain countries that will, so I think... Yeah, well, and I actually, I'm an Irish citizen, and oh, wow. Emma and I will be in October. Emma is eligible to be an Irish citizen <laughs> on our second cool. anniversary. Because yeah, all of Esther's family is from Ireland on her dad's side, and they still all live in Ireland. Yeah, and me, my sister, and my dad are the only ones who don't live in Ireland. Mm -hmm. Wow, and so I love that. Got a dual citizenship, and I will. Which is why my name is spelled so weird, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> but Esther is E I S T I R, so it's very Irish. Let me write her that middle. Down. No, we don't need to talk about my middle name. Yeah. <laughs> I love her middle name. Your middle so name is really Irish? 
Yeah, it's Maeve. Like, oh, okay. Maeve. Like, like you would normally spell Maeve, M A V E, you know, but it's spelled M E A D H B H. Uh, so we like to joke that her name is E Eister Midahabub McShane. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love, I love Irish names. Those are, yeah, <laughs> interesting. There's something. There's yeah. something. I love it. So almost two years in um, as a married couple, do you have any challenges being a, a gay couple here in Asheville in the wedding industry? Uh, do you want to talk about that at all? Yeah, I mean, certainly yeah. at first we had been very reluctant to tell people be forthcoming with yeah. that information. Um, Your potential yeah. clients? Yeah. That, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like we would just, you know, keep it very separate and, you know, this was mine and that's Esther and I didn't have the last name McShane yet. So it was a little bit easier because we had different last names and we just wouldn't say anything unless people asked because we did have a lot of clients that wouldn't book us once they found out. And you know, we did like, have clients really? who backed out after finding out that mm -hmm. we were yeah, married. Like I had already sent a contract over and we were doing a tasting and they found out we were married and then we just never heard from them again. Um, but I mean, but now we kind of, yeah, we've been married for almost two years now. This is, it's more than just a business obviously. And we, I feel like it's only an asset to our clients to have a team that can work so well together and kind of mm -hmm. have this understanding of each other's brains and thought processes where we can assist each other so comp in such a complimentary way. Mm -hmm. And so it's only an asset to our clients. And so we are very forthcoming with the information that we're married now. Yeah. And if they are not interested in booking us because of that, then we feel that that is not only their prerogative, but they're lost. Like yeah. they're lost. We work very hard for our clients and I work all hours of the night for our clients. <laughs> yeah, heard. but I think because we didn't say anything for a very long time, like we've kind of lost out a little bit on, you know, the LGBTQ weddings and stuff. Like we really don't do many of them at all. I think because we didn't, we weren't very forthcoming in the beginning about us being married and together and all that kind of stuff. So now we're trying to, you know, bring a little bit more of those to Asheville and get more involved in those and you know, kind of shoots and stuff to show people like, hey, you know, like we are very all inclusive to everybody. Um, it doesn't matter who you are, what you believe, anything, you know, we're just, we're here for you guys and we want to be included in your big day. Yeah. And I think that represents Asheville well. We have such mm -hmm. a unique community here. Uh, just, uh, just the actual citizens of Asheville, not even amongst vendors or, you know, in mm -hmm. any particular industry, just Asheville is just a unique place. And we're lucky to be part of its unique quality. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I and and I agree. It's hard to showcase that you're uh, that you're open to all folks and very inclusive. When uh, like it's hard to <laughs> sometimes get your foot in the door. You know, like mm -hmm. I, I don't have um, my my clientele is hasn't been very diverse. And so it's hard for me to display diversity on my marketing, in my marketing materials. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. And so, and I know this is a big uh, subject and topic of conversation now, um, simply because a lot of minorities in all categories of people have, have been underrepresented in wedding publications, in social mm -hmm. media. Um, and I just, I think it's, it's been kind of an issue. And I, I think we're all trying to, 
not all of us, but I think a lot of us are trying yeah. to um, to change that. But it can be hard to know where to start. And mm -hmm. as some people have said, well, it's not, it's, it's, you might get things wrong along the way, but just starting to, to try and actively be more inclusive is, is important. You know, we're going to mm -hmm. make, make mistakes along the way doing that. But um, but you mentioned the styled shoots, I believe. Um, yeah. Um, have you done any that have that you felt have embraced more diversity, or are I you mean, well, we did one where Emma and I were the models, yeah. which was <laughs> more enjoyable for Emma, perhaps, than for me. I loved it because it was like our wedding day all over again. Because that was so much fun. We had such a great photographer for our wedding, and it was so fun. And so we did this shoot. For but our wedding was like fun because, like, my, I know my dress like fit. <laughs> yeah, Esther's dress didn't actually fit. They had to like <laughs> use like giant like clips to like attach this dress to my bra because like it was I mean just wedding dresses are what they have in the stores what they have and this yep. was a very particular little boutique and that's the size that they had in the and dress it, she wanted to use and so. it was oh it was such a beautiful dress it really was but it's it not very comfortable it just though. did not fit Esther very well but so we've done that to you know at least have something but like clients are like wait that's you and Esther in that photo and I'm like yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, honestly, so in, even though we don't hide it, people still are not sometimes picking up on it. We work with a corporate client very frequently at his residence. And this particular client, what, my brother, my younger brother used to work for us. He just graduated, graduated from college this. last year. Right. And so he was pretty much for lack of a better job title, our errand boy. And so he had went to drop something off for us and the client was like, oh, are you Mr. Emma? And like- Like insinuating that Casey was my husband. And this oh. is like my little brother. And he was like, um, and he like kind of looks at me and he just goes, no, <laughs> like, no. <laughs> it was really funny. It was. Yeah, but. Yeah. yeah, I've got to tuck out, Bryce. I'll let him yeah. finish up. It was nice to meet That's, you, Esther. Thank you so much. Yeah, look forward to meeting you in person soon. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Emma, one of one of the last questions that I have here is about advice for couples getting married in the area. I think Asheville and Western North Carolina in general is a unique place. I think a lot of people come up from Florida where there's no mountains, and they don't mm -hmm. realize that their venue is halfway up a mountain and you climb a yeah. thousand feet to get there. Um, I think, you know, just the reality of, of rain plans and plan Bs um, in that regard is, is, you know, just a challenge. So uh, I always ask vendors, you know, if you could give a piece of advice to all the couples that are, you know, either getting married here who live here or coming in from out of state, you know, what would that advice be? I mean, I guess I have a couple of pieces of advice. Um, I have the advice for the Corona couples that is book your vendors now. Like we were talking about earlier, vendors are booking up, you know, like all of our couples for this year have rescheduled for next year. And all of the people that are wanting, were originally wanting to get married next year, you know, they're having to book now. And then the couples that are going to get engaged soon, you know, like normally you wait a little while, you enjoy your engagement, and then you start figuring out what you're going to do. But my suggestion would be book now. If you think you want to get married in 21, like if you're engaged and, you know, just go ahead and figure out, pick your date, book your vendors now before the ones that you really want are filled up. Because we're kind of like, we're getting at the point where I'm having to turn down people, which is 
completely heartbreaking and I hate it. And I will try to do everything possible to see if we can do, you know, fit their wedding in and everything. But we're at the point where we're having to turn people down. Um, and I know a lot of other vendors are like they're, you know, filling up for 21. So I would suggest booking now, like book all of your vendors now, go ahead and get that out of the way and then figure out your details after that. Um, so that would be my Corona, Corona couple advice. And I guess my other advice would be to figure like, if you're not having your wedding ceremony and your reception in the same place would be to fit, make sure they're not too far apart. Um, cause I know like a lot of people, you know, you'll go and you'll have your ceremony and some people are doing cocktail hour at a ceremony and then they're having them their couples drive or their guests drive like an hour away to get to the reception. And like, like you were saying, it's a lot of roads. It's a lot of windy roads that people aren't used to driving on. Um, and so I always suggest at least like when people are looking at separate venues for their ceremony and their reception to make sure they're at least close for your guests. Um, so they don't have to worry about going too far, driving on the mountain roads. If they had a cocktail hour at the ceremony, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So well, you just know, know your location. Exactly. You know Pretty Place. Um, yeah. Right on the border. I think it's in South Carolina, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's about, I think, an hour away from downtown mm -hmm. Asheville. So uh, I've had couples that have gotten married there, but then they have their reception, let's say, at Forever Home Farm, which is down mm -hmm. near Brevard. So that's nice and close. Yeah. I think that's maybe 20 minutes. But mm -hmm. I had another couple get married you know at pretty place and then have the reception at haiku i do which is right near biltmore village yeah and haiku i do is is probably yeah 45 minutes to an hour and i i think it was mm -hmm. fine for them the way they organize it but that's just yeah you're right that's something to consider especially yeah. when it involves the 26 and <laughs> you get stuck in traffic yeah oh my gosh in that one lane it's awful yeah but that's, that's yeah like the plan for i think is yeah and like we had a couple who didn't realize because they got married at pretty place and then their reception was in Asheville, and they didn't quite realize how far away they were and they didn't eat dinner until 9 30 at night because their ceremony was in the afternoon like they had like a 5 30 6 o'clock something like that ceremony and then by the time they had the ceremony took pictures there got to the reception venue did their introduction and their dances like it was 9 30 at night and it was late and it was just because they didn't realize when they booked the reception space just how far away from their ceremony site it was so i was just be aware you know of the location and the area well and that's um you know that's another reason why wedding planners are so important <laughs> if you're mm -hmm. if you're having a day that's like multifaceted yes. different spaces lots of vendors i think mm -hmm. having a wedding planner is, is so important um i, I just think yeah. that I, I say this a lot on this podcast my regular listeners will will know this I, that yeah. a wedding is such a unique event because you're having what's supposed to be a seamless experience for your guests but it's executed by different businesses like, mm -hmm. like a lot of different businesses and a so lot <laughs> having someone who can pull all that together you know is, is really worth it uh because mm -hmm. there's no other thing like it you know if you go into like a, a restaurant the restaurant is providing that experience right if you're going to a concert mm -hmm. yeah there might be like a couple vendors you know different vendors execute but it's mainly like 
it's you know, the show or, yeah yeah it's it's executed under that production team whereas mm -hmm. when you have you know when you're pulling vendors from all over the place um you know it can be helpful to have someone to coordinate them all so mm -hmm. uh oh, yeah. especially if you're doing different ceremony and reception site having someone who understands logistics transportation mm -hmm. and plan b's for rain or whatever oh yeah it's really important yeah um, i always tell couples that wedding planners are worth every single penny that you pay for them and they are worth their weight in gold and you'll never be disappointed you'll look back on your day and be like oh my gosh i actually got to enjoy my day and savor my day and just enjoy being married for that second and not have to worry about well why didn't the cake vendor show up on time or or where you know the photographer is lost like i need to coordinate and try to get them you know on the location then you don't get to focus on getting ready and yeah, yeah. I'm, planners I'm gold <laughs> exactly i remember one uh, photographer telling me that she put in an address into google or maybe it was the venue name but there was two venues that were similarly named so she went like three hours oh, no. in the opposite direction and showed like showed up yeah very late oh, no. <laughs> so you know having a planner that says hey here this is a common problem with this venue, you know, mm -hmm. you type in this and it brings you here. Like that's yeah. what they would know or the venue itself. Right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But yeah, I agree. They're, they're definitely worth their weight in gold. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, we have a lot of planners come on here on the podcast and just talk about also what kind of planner they are. Right. There's, it's not just mm -hmm. you're a wedding planner. You could be a wedding oh, yeah. designer and you can, you're more of the visionary. You could be a wedding mm -hmm you know, more planner and you're, you're all about the, the everything coming together or you're a coordinator and you're that day of, mm -hmm. you can just fix a problem with your little tool yeah. that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Or the, the magic aprons as I like to call them, where they have everything you ever need in this apron. <laughs> Duct tape, sewing kit. Yeah. Uh, extra ring. Extra, <laughs> I've seen extra like bra straps whipped out of one of these before. Like I, we, there was a bride that her bra strap broke yeah. and one of the planners just they were like here you go here i've got it okay let's sew it together okay here you go perfect done it's That's like who are you a fairy godmother like you were amazing exactly yeah i just don't people i think in every sense like you never know what's going to go wrong it's almost like a wedding planner is having insurance you mm -hmm. know it's yes like, it's just kind of insurance for your day in a way but more yeah. obviously more than that because there is wedding insurance That's a whole nother yeah um but yeah. I think having someone who can reel all the vendors together, tell them where to go. Um, you know, I, mm -hmm. I once had a wedding where someone, where the, it wasn't the caterers, maybe just the, I mean, it was someone involved with food, like took my bar table and mm -hmm. set their food up on it. And I was like, <laughs> right, I was um, you know, and so yeah. the food was already set up on it. I couldn't take it. But yeah. what, what had happened is they just taken the wrong table. They had brought a table, but placed it somewhere else. Oh, so I went gotcha. on that old table and got that and used that. So yeah. anyway, it's just good to have someone oh, to gosh. support everyone. And make it mm -hmm. uh, yeah, agree. Yeah. So Emma, we talked a little bit about, you know, how you're transitioning into more of kind of an, it sounds like an event production company in a way. Would you describe it as such? And is that what's in the works for the future for you and Esther? Yeah, I definitely would say that. Um, we just, we know so many amazing people and that work for us. And so 
you know, just a community of people and stuff. And so we are, we're trying to transition more into that, like an event company, you know, like we will do everything for you. Like you come to us and we are actually a one-stop shop. Like, you know, like we have the Verbena hairstylist, we'll have the Verbena makeup, you know, we'll have a Verbena photographer if you want to use that one, you know, like we're, that's our, that's our ultimate direction to be the actual one-stop shop for you you know like we'll have in-house planners eventually you know we'll just we'll have it all um so it's definitely something that's still farther that down the line like i was saying this year we just transitioned into the verbena events and so we added the bartenders last year and we've added rentals full rentals this year um last year we only had a couple sets and this year we have like five different sets that we're offering to couples um we've gotten full linens you know so we can do all of your linens for you now um, we're slowly, slowly piecing it together. And we have a couple hair and makeup artists that we work with now and refer to um, pretty often and frequently, but eventually they'll kind of be included with us. And so it's going to be kind of cool. Something I feel like isn't in Asheville as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to play devil's advocate with you. <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm very focused on just the mobile bar right that's all we do mm -hmm. i did an oyster bar once yeah <laughs> and that did not work out. i mean it worked out fine but it worked, yeah. I, after doing it i'm like no i need to see yeah. with what i do so yeah plain devil's advocate how how are you guys set up to execute an event with all those vendors under one roof is it because you it's it's two of you is it because you have the infrastructure to clean linens and do all that like what is your you know, unique value proposition to couples um, in that regard. Of I mean, we are constantly growing. Like we are nowhere near being able to do that yet. That's just kind of like our end goal. Um, yeah, that'll be, you know, like in like five years, you know, that's like our long-term plan. We're slowly adding to that. Like we have, we've gotten a contract with a, um, a cleaning company now for our linens, you know, so that's how we're doing that. You know, like we get the linens, we take them to them, they clean them for us. I go pick them up. You know, that's how we're doing that. They're even storing some of them for us, like our bigger ones, like the tables and stuff. Um, they've got that, you know, like we're renting the space from them to do that. Um, we're just, we're slowly adding that kind of stuff. And it does really help that there's two of us, you know, the two brain thing is, it's been really awesome to help us kind of execute that kind of thing, you know, cause I'll be like, okay, Esther, we've got linen napkins today in the sage. I need you to go pick up the sage ones and we've got white tables, you know, this round, I need you to go pick up those. And, you know, she'll be able to go do that while I'm running other errands. And so it's definitely the two brain is helping, <laughs> but we're slowly adding on the infrastructure to do all of the things that we want to do. Well, something that comes up for me is that um, it, it's really dependent on the venues you work with and the types of clients. Like mm -hmm. if you're doing all oh, backyard yeah. weddings, I would think that y'all would need some tents. But if mm -hmm. you're doing all, if you're do, partnering exclusively with the venues, uh, like I know that, or I not know, but I, I've seen Smash events work at Highland Brewery a lot. It's like they're yeah. kind of always there, it seems like. And it's kind of their preferred, you know, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. that's kind of what the vibe I get. I don't know anything, yeah. but I see. And so do you, do you have venues that you're already working with that would, it would work for that? Or do you envision yourself mm -hmm. going more in the, the backyard wedding, the farm barn kind of having to bring it all uh, sort of client? 
Um, I would say both because we do have venues right now where we are their exclusive caterer. Um, and so they send everyone to us and when they get to us, they're like, okay, what, what do you do? You know, what can you do for me? And so like, we have those where, you know, if I was like, Hey, we can offer this, they'd be like, great, perfect. Love it. Let's add that on, you know? And, but I also do envision it being, you know, the backyard ones too, where we bring this stuff, we bring everything you need. And so the couples just come to us and they're like, Hey, Verbena, we're getting married. Yay. Let's, you know, plan it all. Um, so a little bit of both. Which venues are you currently exclusively contracting? Well, one of, one of them is still a secret because it hasn't officially, um, blossomed out yet. It hasn't made its uh, debut, but it's going to be really exciting when it does. We're very excited for this one. Um, we're also at the Shamrock Room, um, in Brevard where they're exclusive caterer. Um, and so pictures of that. it looks like a really cool space. It is. It's a very big blank slate, I would say. It's kind of one of those venues where you could do absolutely anything you wanted to do to it. Um, you can bring in lighting, you can, you know, make it a, a floral garden, you know, like a secret garden inside with all of the floral, or you could go more modern with the space. Like, it's really cool. There's a lot of stuff you can do with that one. Um, and so we're, we're there, one of their, ex, or we are their exclusive caterer, which is nice. And then we're, do we do all the cakes and desserts for them as well? And we do all the staffing and we work with them with staffing. Like they use a bunch of our people and we use some of theirs. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I see your puppy is yeah. yearning for attention over there. Yeah, he's coming in for kisses. <laughs> Uh, something that I forgot to ask both you and Esther is what your favorite part uh, of living in Asheville is. What do you love about being here? Because obviously you, you guys have lived in different, y'all have lived in different places and uh, you ended up sticking around here. So what do you love about Western North Carolina and Asheville? Oh gosh, we talk about this almost daily. Like Esther's lived in New York where she had the beautiful urban garden. She lived in Hawaii for a long time where she had Hawaii. I mean, there's, that's just Hawaii. <laughs> there's lived, a lot, a lot in that word. Yeah. Yeah. She lived in San Francisco or, you know, it's just a really cool space. I lived in Georgia. I've only ever lived in Georgia, but there's something special about that. But we talk about it all the time that Asheville is so different than anywhere we've ever lived. And the mountains are just breathtakingly beautiful. And it is so cool. Every single morning we like on our drive, we have just this the best mountain view I've ever seen in my life. Like it's so pretty. And especially when the there's fog on the mountains and they're always so blue and beautiful. And we just, we love how beautiful Asheville is and the surrounding areas. And we both really like to hike. Um, and so we love how much hiking there is. And we have, you know, the three dogs. And so they love being able to go out on the trails and just go run and hike for hours and go swim and the waterfalls and so we just we love how beautiful it is and everything that there is to do outside in Asheville yeah and I what I love about it is just how wild it feels once you get on the outskirts like I remember I used to live down in the Piedmont in North Carolina about three hours away and I would come up to like you know check out Asheville and stop in Black Mountain and just kind Mm -hmm. of like I would park you know down a just down a street like a block from downtown but on my way back there'd be like blackberries growing and you know yeah. a fig tree and just like it felt very abundant 
with with nature and with greenery. So mm -hmm. growing up in California, for me, that was attractive was being surrounded by all this lushness and the, the mm -hmm. forest of the woods. So that's why oh, a, lot yeah. of people, a lot of people come here. A lot of people move here for that too. You know, they're, they might live in Chicago and the closest park or, you know, hiking is an hour away or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas here you can drive 15 minutes, you know, and go for a, a hike. So Oh yeah, it's great. And like we live like really close to the Blue Ridge Parkway. Like it takes just a couple minutes to get on it. So we've got all of that hiking just in our backyard. And we also, we used to live in um, Rutherfordton mm -hmm. for a little while in what could best be described as a doomsday cabin. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was actually Esther's uh, mom and stepdad's cabin. And we loved it out there because it was so wild. It was, I mean, it was awesome. We were in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by all of this awesome nature and we had no neighbors and like the dogs just ran free. They were like the wolves of the area. <laughs> That's hilarious. I see, you say doomsday cabin, I get excited. I'm like, I want to go live there. <laughs> it was pretty cool. It was, it was pretty cool. <laughs> well, Emma, we're about to wrap up. Do you have any other Anything else you want to share with our guests uh, or our listeners, sorry, <laughs> about either the wedding industry or your business or anything related? No, I think we pretty much we've covered everything and we had a pretty wide range of topics today. So Yeah, I think we broke a record. Uh, <laughs> this is almost 120 minutes or an hour and 20 minutes. So awesome. I might have to well, break, break this up in two, but... <laughs> Yeah, Esther and I like to talk when we get together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I had a great time. I'm looking forward to working with y'all and meeting you in person. I don't think we've met in person yet. We might have been at the same vendor function a long time ago, but I don't think we actually like one of those big old mixers. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I know. Yeah. I'm looking forward to doing those again. I was going to host one this summer, but obviously yeah. that wasn't going to work. So um, yeah. I'm thinking of throwing a party maybe next year with having both the trucks. Well, I have three trucks now, but having two trucks yeah. out, one serving all cocktails on draft, the other serving all local beer and cider. And oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> hiring a band, you know, to play and yeah. a really good time outside. So yeah. um, make sure you're on the invite list for that. Yeah, that sounds awesome. We will be there. <laughs> <laughs> well, Emma, thank you so much. Um, Esther was great as well. She's gone now, but I'll yeah. put um, obviously your contact info in the show notes so that everyone awesome. can uh, reach out to y'all if they're interested in talking to their wedding. <laughs> and thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having us.